Here's another inspiring message from Northside Community Church, Sydney. Heavenly Father, as we open up our minds to think, we open up our hearts to consider, we open up our lives to change, we open up our hands to do. So Lord, we pray as we open ourselves up and as we open your word, your living word, that we would be receivers of that and that it would speak to us powerfully as a life change message. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, we are going to encounter a woman. Uh, Jesus was extraordinary the way that he just touched different people's lives. He was no respecter of hierarchy. If you read that, he's very uh, down to earth. He's very much, he was, they even accused him of being a friend of sinners and outcasts, uh, which he was happy to do. And so everybody who walks in this place needs to know that Jesus is welcoming and is offering friendship and uh, fellowship with you. And here in this situation, he meets a person who is radically different to him. He meets a person in our passage today from John chapter 4, who is so different to him in so many ways, and yet he becomes the answer to her messed up lives. So I'm going to read the passage for you. It's from John chapter 4, and I'm going to read. It's a fair bit of a passage, so I'll do my best to read it as well as I can. Uh, but the thing I want you to notice is, notice how she wants to keep things superficial. She wants to keep things just in the natural world, and yet Jesus is inviting her into the deeper things. I believe that's what Jesus wants to do here today. He wants us not to operate on the superficial. He wants to invite us into deeper spiritual things. And so here's the story. Watch how she tries to deflect and defend uh, against Jesus, but in the end, the penny drops. She has an extraordinary, life-changing experience of Christ. Jesus talks with a Samaritan woman. Uh, from John chapter 4. Now Jesus learned that the Pharisees, and I mentioned them last week, they were the religious leaders in the community, had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Although, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. So he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee, which was in the north. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar. Near the plot of ground, Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there and Jesus was tired as he was from the journey. He sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew. I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For the Jews did not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it was that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can we get this living water? 
Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water that I give them will become in them a spring of living water welling up to eternal life. Then the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't be thirsty and, and have to come here, uh, keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go and call your husband and come back. Oh, uh, uh, I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You're right. When you say that you have no husband, the fact is that you've had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, Believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father and neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for the salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit. His worshippers must worship in spirit. And in truth, the woman said, I know that Messiah, called the Christ, is coming. When he comes, he'll explain everything to us. And then Jesus declared, I, the one you are speaking to, am he. Then the disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want or why are you talking to her? Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come and see the man who told me everything I ever did. Could, could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. Meanwhile, his disciples had urged him, Rabbi, eat something. Then he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. What an interesting interaction. What an interesting interaction that. That she had with Jesus. How she wanted to keep things. She wanted to deflect things. She wanted to move things into territorial debate. She wanted to put the divide of gender. She wanted to put the divide of nations. She wanted to make speculation about the where is the right place to worship. And then in the end she said, well, you basically, you can be quiet. And when the Messiah comes, talk to the hand. Because I'm not listening. When the Messiah comes, I'm gonna, we'll all listen to him. And Jesus says, well, I am him can listen to me i am the chosen one sent by god to be the savior of the world and so we have this this situation of this woman coming to jesus um, if we can move to our map slides jesus is walking uh, along and he's traveling from the south and to the north and as you can see here he's moving through the Judea and from Jerusalem. He's moving from Ephraim and he's heading up to Galilee, which you can see is in the north. 
and he stops halfway where this Jacob's well in the area of Sychar. Now you can see on the right-hand side there's a dotted line. That's the traditional route because Jews didn't even want to travel through their area. They wouldn't even want to go into their country. They completely avoided their country. So they, instead of going through Samaria, which they had a long-standing religious and cultural difference with and racial difference, they decided to keep themselves away from those types and shoot out on the dotted line, but not Jesus. He plows right through and has this transformational conversation. If we can go to the next slide too, please. And so there we have it. That's the area there, the area of Samaria and the area of where this incident took place in Palestine. You can see the Mediterranean Sea on uh, the left-hand side. So there we have it, this historic place, this well. Jacob in the Bible was a very significant person in the Old Testament. He bought this land, had this well, and it just so, so happens that the Samaritans had now come to own this particular uh, passage and so she turns up at noon that's not customary for a woman to draw water at noon why would she do that most commentators say it's because she had a reputation in the city everybody knew in a town like that that she was the one that had had five, five husbands and that the person she was with was not a husband so to stop being humiliated or having awkward conversations she decided that it's just perhaps better to draw my water at noon and so you know that's what happens when we when we mess up big time we withdraw from others we don't want the condemnation of others we don't want the humiliation of the mistakes that we have made to go and, and, and deal with them again. So she just turns up at noon. She's withdrawn from others. She has this reputation in a small place like that. They all knew her. She'd messed up big time. But she found incredible acceptance and restoration and hope in Jesus. She was to discover that when you mess up big time, you can go to Jesus for help. And he will help you. And so we, we see in verses 16 and onwards, he says, go and call your husband. You're right. And they have this conversation about having five husbands. And so she, she's, she's caught in the sense that Jesus knows about her past. He knows about her past, but he does not rub her nose in her past. We need to know the way that we've ever lived. If we've all got a past, we've all done stuff. We've all done some stuff that we're embarrassed about, we're humiliated about, that we don't want brought up in every possible conversation. Know this, Jesus does not want to rub our nose in our past mistakes. He wants to build hope and restoration and future into our lives. And so this woman, is, is, is he acknowledges it. He acknowledges this woman's past, but he doesn't condemn her for it. Past mistakes don't determine our future with Jesus. Catch that? Past mistakes don't determine our future with Jesus. Jesus does not want us to be immobilized with shame 
and guilt of our past. He wants to mobilize our lives again with love and mercy and grace and acceptance. That's the Jesus of the Bible. That's the Jesus who invites us to get to know him. That we acknowledge our past, but he restores our present and he brings hope for the future. We can see here there's a great contrast. Jesus was a Jew. She was a Samaritan. Different country, a different race, a different gender, a different place of worship. She said, well, we worship on this mountain. And you Jews, we worship way down in Jerusalem. She wants to use all these kind of excuses of barriers in her relationship with Jesus. But Jesus wants to break down the barriers. She's dismissive of Jesus. She says, well, in the end, I'm waiting for the Messiah. I want to say this. She was a different gender. She was a different race. She was a different culture. She had different religious practices. And she had different experiences. But it made no difference to Jesus. Because Jesus overcomes these barriers of all the things that we may be different to him. His love and his grace and his mercy bridge all those things. There's no difference with Jesus when we have messed up. He wants to touch and transform her life. This is what he wants to do. He wants to forgive her past. He wants to restore her current life. And he wants to give her hope for the future. That's what Jesus does. Friends, I'm here to tell you today that your past can be in the past with Jesus. He wants to forgive it. That your present life, wherever you're at with in life, he wants to restore that to what it could be. And he wants to breathe hope and he wants to breathe future into the days that come in your life. Your life is not over. Your life is fresh every day with Jesus. And he wants to breathe hope and possibility into that life. Give Forgive her past, restore her present, and give hope to her future. You know, I, I, I believe that um, the, church is, the church needs to, we need to do more and more to reach out and bridge gap with people that are hurting and are completely different to us. Um, when I was living at Epping, I used to go to Carlingford Fitness first. I know it doesn't show. Um, don't point that out, right? Just go, you need to keep going. You need to keep going, Larry. Keep it going because you need it. Um, when I used to go in the morning, uh, there was a woman who was a Muslim woman and she had, was, was covered and um, uh, in, in the morning. And I used to make a point of it uh, to engage her in conversation and to be friendly and, and happy. Uh, one morning I walked in and she was absolutely weeping and broken and I could see that things weren't well. And so I asked her, I said to her, what's gone wrong? And she said, somebody came in that morning and racially vilified her and told her to get out of the country and go back to wherever she came from and absolutely smashed her and degraded her and abused her and did all those things. So I did two things. I thought, well, I tried to comfort her as best as possible. I went home and I grabbed the church bank card and I said to the secretary, get the biggest bunch of flowers you know how to get and get them up there with a note to her that the... Uh, we, we love you. We're glad you're here uh, from your family, the Epping Church of Christ. 
And so that's what we did. We just sent up some mega thing and probably Tricia wanted to hang me over it because it was, you know, it's not the squalorly, miserable three weeds he gives. I can tell you that. This is not going live anywhere, is it? Big whopping bunch of flowers went up there. And then I went up and said, I want to speak to the manager. And so, because uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm an introvert. <laughs> I want to speak to the manager. I said, this needs to be dealt with. This is an OHS issue. This, this is not acceptable. I said, you need to do something about this. And so they trawled through the video. They found who the individual was in a lifetime ban. Yeah. You know, lifetime ban from that particular establishment. Because we need to reach out in the name of Jesus to people who are different to us, radically different to us, and we need to extend them love and grace and mercy and restoration and the love of God through us to them. I've got no idea what she thought when flowers came from the church. But she knew who sent them. Because I said, did you get your flowers? She loved it. Take a day or two off work for sure. Jesus calls us to love and accept. Believe in people. Love them in his name. And so in this dialogue, this dance of defense that she's doing with Jesus, Jesus offers her this wonderful thing. They're talking about this well. And Jesus says to her, verse 13, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So this is what Jesus offers her. He offers her deep, permanent fulfillment that she had been seeking in other places. She'd been seeking to fill the void of her life with substitute things. And in John 6, same book, just two chapters on, Jesus says, He declares, I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Friends, I've got to ask ourselves today as we sit here today, what well are you drinking from? Where and to who are you turning to meet your deepest and most profound needs? I just want to say that only God can meet God needs. People can meet people's needs, but only God can meet our deepest and most profound need. I married my high school sweetheart. We're still married, but she cannot fulfill my God needs. My wife, I'm a husband. Neither of us can fulfill the deepest long of the human heart which is connection with God and restoration with him. I've got, where, where are we? What well are we drinking from? Who, where are we turning to meet our deepest needs? Our human experiences and relationships are great, but they're not everything. No one can satisfy that deepest need except for that place of Jesus. You know, there was a thinker in the 4th century who came up with some good ideas. He was a thinker and a philosopher. His name was Augustine. And he came up with these words, You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless till they find rest in you. This woman found this, that Jesus was prepared to forgive her past, restore her present, and give hope for her future. She'd messed up big time. We might have messed up big time 
Are we going to Jesus for the help that we need? She found this, the change is really possible. And so I'm going to read from verse 28 onwards for a little bit. And she, this is the hope that she found. Change is possible. Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come and see the man. He told me everything I ever did. Could it, this be the Messiah? And they came out of the town and made their way towards him. And from verse 39, many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the women's testimony, her story of interaction with Jesus. He told me everything I ever did. She didn't know a lot about him, but she knew that. And that Jesus, we don't need to know everything about Jesus. We just need to know what we know now and we learn as time goes on. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them. And he stayed two days. Jesus stayed two days, explained to them things. And because of his words, many more more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. We have heard for ourselves and we know that this man truly is the saviour of the world. Wow. So they were no longer relying on the word and experience of others. We need to experience Jesus for ourselves. She experienced Jesus for herself. We may have heard as the Samaritans in that village, they all came out. And they heard from themselves. They spent time investigating Jesus. They said, oh, you know, your story was good, but we no longer believe just because of your story. We now believe because we have experienced it ourselves. I ask you today and I ask you online, have you had that experience of Jesus? Have you come and experienced Jesus for yourself? Have you found his love and grace and mercy? Have you found the fact that he can forgive your past? There needs to be no shame, no guilt, no immobilization. He can restore your life in the here and now. And he can breathe hope into your future. There's always hope with Jesus. So where do we go when we miss up big big time? Well, we go to Jesus. For he is the one that offers us forgiveness. Well, thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to find out more about Northside, visit northsidechurch.org.au.